Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you're here today. Why don't you take your Bibles and meet me in Philippians chapter four, verse 19. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings, and then we will jump into today's message. But I want you to see something in verse 19 that perhaps you haven't quite considered before. Verse 19, and my God shall supply all your need. Please say that just for a moment. Say all your need, all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, if you were to take the time and look through this, you would see that the context of this statement is in regards to God's ability to financially take care of you. We're not going to read all of those extra verses, but the context is God is able to take care of you financially. And it says again, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But I want you to understand that when God says all your need you need to really encompass that as being that multifaceted situation where in life we have so many different needs, but yet God is able to supply all of them. Now they're going to be pulled from the realm of the riches of his glory, which is an inexhaustible realm. And so we thank God for that, but we need to see it as be, truly being all things. And yes, that would certainly include God's ability to provide for us and take care for us along the, along these, uh, excuse me, along these lines financially. But I want you to know that God will meet your needs through what he considers to be sanctioned or approved ways. Excuse me. <clears throat> In other words, ways that God gives the thumbs up on ways that are not shady ways that are not immoral or unethical or illegal. Praise the Lord. You don't have to cheat or bend rules or sin to get your needs met. Wow. Praise God. And we need to know this in the culture today that would be in many ways a lawless culture. So regardless of what those needs are, God is able to supply all of them according to his riches uh, in glory. Those needs, whether they're financial or emotional needs or the need for friendship or even the, the need for such a thing as sexual needs. Now I understand that in marriage that the marriage situation helps with that. But what if you're, what if you are married but yet your spouse gets sick. Maybe it's a sickness that would last two or three months. What does that mean? Does that mean, oh, suddenly my needs can't be met? No, no, my friends, whether you're single or married, God can supply your need in this area with extra grace. You don't have to go out and do something that God would disapprove, disapprove of and say, well, Lord, you understand that this needs not met. Therefore I've got to find a way to meet it. No, if it's outside of God's parameters of what is right and what would be wrong, we have to stay within the parameters of right. 
well, Pastor Stephen, I don't know if that's working. Well, you have to understand that God always has full supply for you, but you have to tap into it. And my God shall supply all your need. I see people looking for ways to get their needs met, but because their trust is not in the Lord, they revert to unbiblical options. And it only makes the situation worse. My friends, we need to look to the Lord. But I believe also it has to come as a revelation. It came as a revelation to the man that we know as Abraham, which is why we see in the book of Genesis, let me just turn over there and read these two verses, Genesis 22, verse 13 and 14. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. How did it get there? <laughs> well, of course, there's rams out there, but, and it is possible that a ram could get tangled up in the bushes with his horns, but right at the moment, right when Abraham needs a sacrifice, and he needs one preferably close by, <laughs> and he turns around, and there it is. And you know, he was so caught up in the act of what he was doing that he obviously didn't even hear or notice that this powerful animal has gotten itself captured uh, in this thicket by getting its horns tangled up. Can't you see that's God? That's God providing. You don't have to go out and steal something. Well, God, we're out in the middle of nowhere out here. There's no, there's nowhere to get an, a sacrifice. Therefore, we're just going to have to, we're going to sacrifice some rocks. No, God will always provide, but our trust must be in him. Praise the Lord. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. Why did he name it that name? Because he caught a new revelation of God. And I want you to walk in this revelation as well, which is, uh, as it is said in, uh, to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. In other words, we can sing, you know, there's a song called Jehovah Jireh. A lot of people sing it, but... I don't even know if some of these people have a revelation of it because when you get into a place where it seems like this needs not getting met, well, I'm going to take over with my own hands and I'm going to die. I'm going to do what God can't do. No, God's always got a way. He always has a way forward. He always has victory planned for you. So you have to trust in him and get to know him as Jehovah Jireh. I've had times in my life where I've bumped right up to that edge where it looked like Lord, if you don't do something, uh, I'm going to be in a real pickle here. But you know what? The Lord would always come through because I was leaning on him for help. Praise God. So understand that God's ability to take care of your needs uh, is all of your needs, but we must trust him. And my God shall supply all your need, all your need, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, the tithe that we give to the Lord, which is 10% of our income, 10% of our increase, it demonstrates to God that our trust is in Him and that He is the one who puts us over and keeps us over in that place of overflow. Thank you, Lord. Giving God the tithe that rightfully belongs to Him also honors Him and acknowledges him that truly he is our provider and every good thing that we have originates from him. Woo! Praise the Lord. So my friends, let's 
honor the Lord today. Let's bring the tithes and the offering into the storehouse of the Lord. And as you do so, just say, Jehovah Jireh, you're my provider. Lord, I trust in you. And as you do, the Lord will always help you to move forward. Well, Pastor Stephen, what if I'm coming up short? Well, then sit down and have a prayer talk with Jehovah Jireh and say, Heavenly Father, why am I experiencing lack in this area? And it could be that the Lord would reveal to you, well, the money that you were supposed to use to apply to the bills, you applied it over here. You went to the shopping mall and you bought all of this stuff, and that's why you're coming up short. So in some of these situations, we have to iron it out with the Lord, and then if it's necessary, repent and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to be more disciplined in this area, and I'm going to pull these things together. And, and then you'll also find that if you do that, the Lord's gracious and he's merciful, and he will show you what to do to help you get past any sticky point that you might be experiencing. But I'm here to tell you that he's got ample provision to supply all of your needs. Again, my God shall supply all your need. So if it's not happening, then you need to talk with the Lord so that you fill in the gaps and that this scripture of Jehovah Jireh uh, that we see in the Bible becomes real to you. Woo, and I believe it will. I believe it will. Now lift your hands. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people today. The context of this, Father, would be finances, but we thank you that it could be applied to all other types of needs. That even if we were stranded on a remote island all by ourselves, just one person on an island by himself, oh God, you could supply companionship. The person would not lose their mind. The person would not lose their sanctification just because they are in an isolated situation. Now, Father, we thank you that you are able to supply all that we need always in a, play, in a form of abundance. We thank you, Father God. We tie into your inexhaustible heavenly kingdom. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, because of that, you can bring the tithe and the offering in with no fear, because God is your source. The person that says, I trust God, but does not tithe, because they think they are the ones that have to govern their own life and their own finances, they demonstrate to the Lord in reality that they don't trust Him. Amen. My friends, God can do far beyond what we could ever do. Let's put our trust in Him. Now, for those of you that are mailing in your tithe, your offering, you can send it to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code is 28654. Now, if you prefer to bring your tithe and your offering in online, you can do so from anywhere in the world, anytime, day or night. Please go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage. It has a red heart that says give. You can click on that and bring your tithe in from anywhere on this planet. As long as there's internet connection. Okay. You can bring it in right there. Praise God. Now there's also a link that, that is called projects. It's orange. It's an orange banner. If you would like to sow something beyond your tithe, an extra offering, then you can click that and you'll see the various projects that we're focused on at this time. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Thank you for your giving and your support 
of this ministry. And tithing. My friends, let's always remember that tithing is it's for your benefit. God establishes tithing, not because God is running a financial deficit and he's not sure how he's going to meet payroll for all the angels that he has on the employment line. No, this is for our benefit. This ties us in with a covenant with God. This is a covenant because prosperity is not a promise. If it were, every Christian would be walking in it. Prosperity is dependent upon our obedience in these areas of how God directs us through his word concerning finances. And so financial prosperity is based on a covenant with God. And when we tithe, we tie in to that covenant of God's blessing, protection, uh, supernatural provision. And I think one of the greatest parts of it is stability. Amen. You know, I don't travel as much as I used to. But I used to travel a whole lot in the ministry. Three weeks out of every month, my wife were on the road traveling, ministering. And as a traveling minister, you would be dependent upon the generosity of the church or the conference that you're speaking at. But I've had times where maybe the meeting was canceled because uh, something happened. The uh, conference host had to cancel the meeting or something like that. So that left me with the blank. In other words, in an area where I was supposed to be drawing some money, that was not there. Or perhaps I did go, yet the offering, uh, you know, I've, I've had the $55 offerings. I've had, you know, things like that where, it, you know, that's not going to, uh, you can't live on that. So in times like that, I would always be looking to the Lord. And I try to always look to him. But, you know, I'm so glad I have a covenant because you see, I'm still here, still standing. God is always taking care of me. And even when in the natural way, even with my efforts to work or whatever, when something happened that would be outside of the box, such as meetings canceled or uh, the church meeting called off, God would still somehow keep me and my wife, our family and the ministry moving forward. That is because the covenant is supernatural. Mm -mm. Amen. And it's wonderful. Thank you again for your giving. Praise the Lord. Say I'm blessed. Hallelujah. All right. Now today I want to talk about the subject of the Joseph moment. We're going to talk today about the area of favor and wisdom, but I want to put a little more emphasis today on the subject of favor. We have over the last couple of weeks covered the subject of wisdom a few times, but I felt greatly led of the Holy Spirit today to uh, put a little more weight on the subject of favor. We have studied it before, but I want to go further with this subject because I really believe God wants you to experience favor that in some ways doesn't even make any sense where you, you, you kind of like wonder, like, why are they doing this for me? Mm. That's because God's touching their heart. Okay. So let's talk about it today. Today's message is called your Joseph moment. Please take your Bibles. We're going to begin today in Acts chapter seven and let's pray. Heavenly father, as we jump into your word, we ask that understanding would flow of how to engage your favor upon our lives. Father, we thank you that favor and your blessing are tied together. And I think father, we understand your blessing, which is to be empowered to prosper. But father, we want to know more about favor. 
Father, we just thank you that you do have certain ministers in the body of Christ. They have a special anointing to teach in this area. But Father, there's still so many people in the body of the Lord Jesus that do not know about favor. So Father, we pray today that favor would flow forth and that even miracle favor would take place in the lives of your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, Acts chapter 7, we're going to uh, drop down the verse 8, but let me also say that uh, Acts chapter 7 is a phenomenal chapter if you just want to get a panoramic view of Jewish history. <laughs> it is absolutely incredible the story that Stephen the martyr laid out. Then, of course, he's going to be martyred right after this, but oh, what a flow of the Spirit that he was under to condense the history of God's Jewish people in such a short one chapter way that is just breathtaking. So if you want to learn uh, like the Old Testament in one chapter, have it condensed down, this is your chapter. <laughs> it's fascinating actually. Now, Acts chapter 7, let's go to verse 8. Then he gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham begot Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day. And Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot the twelve patriarchs. And the patriarchs, becoming envious, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. All right, let's talk just for a little bit today about Joseph. To me, Joseph is one of my favorite characters in the Bible, all of the crazy stuff that he went through. I, I still don't think Today, yet, there's been a movie done that has been able to come really close to capturing the drama of this guy's life. But uh, what an amazing story. Now, verse 9, again, the patriarchs becoming envious, sold Joseph into Egypt. But God was with him and delivered him out of all his troubles. And you know what? God's going to do the same thing for you. God's going to bring you out of all your troubles. God is with you and is bigger than any trouble there is. And you overcome all of these troubles through faith. Your faith is the victory that overcomes the world or overcomes the troubles that would be in this fallen world system. Praise God. And Jacob's, excuse me, Joseph's faith got him through and yours is going to get you through also. Verse 10 again, and delivered him out of all his troubles. Now watch this. God gave him two things. And these two things that took Joseph into the fulfillment of his prophecy, that took him into the reality of actually living in his destiny in full HD. These two things you also, yeah. I don't even think they're optional. You absolutely must have them in your life. Wow. Woo. Let's take a look at them. And God gave him, here we go, favor and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. What does it mean? It means that when you have favor and wisdom with the right person, okay, then it 
it causes you to go into a place of governing in the area of your career field, in the area of your God-ordained calling. That's what happened to Joseph, and when it's up and running in you, that's what will happen to you also. You will begin to govern. You will begin to oversee and administrate properly and build and expand and increase the responsibility, the assignment that God has put in your hands. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Now say this, say, Lord, I must have your favor and wisdom. Mm, thank you, Jesus. And of course, Joseph had it just like fall on him and stick and stay on him uh, heavily before he went before Pharaoh. So while he's standing there before Pharaoh, it's all over him. And Pharaoh really liked him. And Pharaoh could see this phenomenal wisdom. And God's going to cause it to be on you. God is going to cause it to be on you with divine connections that you're supposed to have with doors that need to open. When you're at that door, it's going to be all over you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, what, what is favor? Now we have talked quite a bit about wisdom, but I still want to, I want to drill deeper on this amazing subject of favor. What is favor? It's when someone wants to make life easier for you. Woo. I want to say it again. Favor is when someone wants to make life easier for you. And there can literally be what we would call miraculous favor, where somebody does something that's just like, this doesn't make any sense. This is like, why are they blessing me so much? Or why are they doing this? I don't even know this person or, or something along that line where we know it's got the miraculous touch because God's involved. But we still have to see that while it can be miraculous favor, most often though, is not always a miracle. And I want us to consider that today. What is favor? Favor in its operation is a response from God. You could call it a reaction that takes place with God. It's reaction from God towards you. And because of that, God then causes a person to react to you. So, you do something or you live in a way or you know some things that you walk in that causes a response or reaction from God. And when he sees it, he likes that. He likes what you're up to. And so God causes somebody to get zinged or touched to suddenly just be inspired to want to do something for you. And it doesn't even have to be a Christian. It could be an unbeliever, but it certainly could be another Christian. Praise God. What would that imply? That would imply that God is speaking to somebody to do something. You know, we're not the only ones who hear from God. And you don't have to just be Pentecostal or charismatic Catholic or charismatic to hear from God. You can be Presbyterian. You could be uh, Southern Baptist or whatever it might be. And you better believe they can hear from the Lord. The sheep know the voice of the shepherd. So God could speak to one of his own 
and the next to do something for you, such as open the door of opportunity that only they could do. See, there's, there's some things about favor that can do things for you that not even money could do. Because even if you have money, there's certain people you can never meet. Even if you have money, there's certain places you can never get into. So favor can allow somebody to open that door where you can get into one of these almost impossible to access areas. And that is the working of God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So God can speak to somebody else to, to do what? Make life easier for you. And you could just be going about your day. And the next thing you know, uh, favor is being bestowed upon your life. I remember one time I was flying back from India and uh, I got to the airport early. Um, some airports in India, they run, they run really well as far as processing, going through the lines and stuff like that. Um, but some other parts of India that I've flown in and out of, they can be quite challenging. So here in the States, if you're going to take an international flight, the uh, TSA agents or the airlines here, they want you to be there two hours early so that you can get through, you know, security and all of this and all of that and get ready for your long flight. Well, at this one airport, I knew, and they, of course, you know, the, uh, the, the ministers there told me, you need to get there probably uh, bare bones minimum at least six hours early, preferably like seven. Why? Because of the lines. Once you, now, once you get through the lines and you're actually at your terminal gate ready for departure, okay, it's a lot better. But the lines, whoo, it's uh, the closest thing I could describe it would be like summertime at Disney World when it's packed to the max and the line just goes on and on and on and on zigzagging back and forth and stuff like that. Well, I got to the airport about seven hours early and uh, had my luggage and I got in line. And when I saw the line, <laughs> wow. And, and I saw up front how slow it was moving. I, I just kind of like crunched the numbers in my mind. And I thought, Lord, um, this looks like a four hour line. I think I'm probably going to be here four hours. That's a good, because I've been in, I've experienced those types of things before, but probably never one that was maybe this bad. Four hours standing, moving slowly forward, slowly forward. But so I'm still in the back, just got there. So that's what I'm facing. And uh, I could see only one person way at the front uh, checking people in. And that's just the way it was there at that particular airport. Others, uh, they, they run them a lot faster. But this one, they run, them, uh, they run them really slow. So anyhow, I'm standing there in the back. I just gotten there. Noticed this. I'm standing there. I had, still had my hand on my suitcase. And a lady, one of the managers at the airport, walks over to me. I've never seen her in my life before. She walks over to me, and she says, Pastor Stephen Brooks? I said, yes, that's me. She said, oh. She said, I thought that was you. She, she said, come with me, grab your suitcase. And we began walking. She began to lead me and we began walking all the way to the front past, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And of course they're all looking at me. <laughs> they you know, have this giant line of humanity and they're all wondering like, oh, who, who's he, <laughs> you know? And so she takes me all the way to the front to a desk that says first class check-in. 
but there's nobody to check you in. So when she brought me up to that line, uh, or uh, there was no line, when she brought me up to that desk, the one lady that was checking in everybody else in the, in the gigantic line, she just jumps over. And she just checks me in real quick, and boom, I'm through. And then she jumps back to her spot and, still, and now goes back into the slow motion line. And as I was passing through, the lady that brought me to the front, she said, I watch you all the time on Christian television. On, in that nation, she said, I watch you on Angel TV. So um, what was that? That was a classic case in my life of favor. And that's really when I began to think more seriously about favor and how it actually makes your life better. Whoo, praise the Lord again. Favor is when someone wants to make life easier for you. So think about that. Would you rather be through in four hours and go sit down and relax, take it easy? Or would you rather stand? <laughs> you know, or, you know, and you can be done. I, I, was, I was through the whole thing in just a couple of minutes. It was incredible. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So um, from this example, I think we need to examine two things about favor. Praise the Lord. I think there is a place, and I want to be careful when I say this, but I think that there is a place where you could say and be correct that favor is not fair. Now, that could upset somebody because there are people that always want fair treatment. I understand that. But favor is not fair. In other words, favor is the bestowing of special treatment. It's someone making your life easier. It's not someone making everybody else's life easier. And the truth is, is maybe they don't have the empowerment or the ability to do it for everybody else. But perhaps they could do it for one, and you just happen to be that one. For example, in my case, she couldn't just move everybody through the line at once. No, everybody has to get checked in. But she could do it for somebody. She's a manager. She did it for me. Praise the Lord. So it's not, favor is not equal treatment for all. If it were, then it's no longer favor, right? It's completely lost its definition. So there is a truth in the statement that favor is not fair because it is special treatment. Now, I want to try to balance that because I do think there's two sides to this coin. And the other side is that favor is fair when you consider where it's originating from. Woo! Because as a child of God, we all have the potential to walk in favor. And that's why favor can also be classified as being fair. Because it originates from God who honors the principles that he established, which he commands us to follow. Mm -mm. So when you follow those principles, when you're obedient to them, it causes favor to come upon your life. And somebody can say, well, that's not fair. Well, they're working the word. In other words, they're working God's system. So if they're doing that, this is no longer something like luck or chance. This is happening because of a purpose and the purpose is connecting with the origin and that origin is God. And so that person, that man or woman is pleasing God in a way that's causing this favor to happen. So it's not a mistake. It's not a random act. Woo. Praise God. Praise God. Let's look at it. Let's see what the word of God says. Proverbs chapter, chapter 13 
And let's drop down to verse 15. Thank you, Lord. Good understanding gains favor. Good understanding gains favor. And there's some areas, if you don't have understanding in them, but you should, but you don't, you can actually lose favor. You can actually lose it. I had a friend of mine that had the opportunity to meet one of the, mo one of the most famous media people in the world, in the secular realm, very, very successful, big level movies and stuff like that. Well, he bumped into this person while at one of these big, you know, television trade shows where all these, you know, cutting edge products are at and stuff like that. And of course, if you're called to television or things along that line, you need to be there because that's your career field. So you need to learn and find out what's available, what tools you have, etc. Okay. So he's there and he meets this man. But see, my, my friend was just new into it and had not really embraced the learning curve of television. So he meets this man and they start a conversation and the very, the very famous man, um, made a statement and my, my preacher friend said, um, could you repeat that? I don't understand what you just said. And so the, the famous uh, TV Mongol repeated the statement. And my friend said, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're uh, referring to. He said, you don't? He said, how in the world could you be in the television ministry and not know what I'm talking about? He said, you obviously don't know your stuff. And he walked off, just left him standing there cold. <laughs> so you know what my friend told me? He said, I realized... I'm going to have to embrace the learning curve. If I'm going to do this, and God has called him to do it. And now he's all, he's all over the world today. But he said, I'm going to have to get serious. I'm going to have to learn the knowledge. So if you can talk the talk, what does it do? It gives favor. And it causes you to be able to merge into that ecosystem. Or merge into that, that field of specialty. And every field has their own lingo. Not, not just terminology of maybe equipment or stuff like that, but there's a, um, there's a flow, whether it's you're, you're amongst surfers or you're amongst surgeons. Everybody has their own world of how, they, uh, how, how the flow goes. And so you have to learn that. It's the same way in television, whatever it might be, movie industry, whatever it might be. Praise the Lord. So verse 15, good understanding gains favor. And if you don't have that understanding, you're not willing to embrace it. You could lose favor real quick, but you need the favor. Why? Um, because it will move you forward and make things easier for you. Woo. Praise the Lord. Wow. Look at this with Joseph. Let's go back to our buddy, Joseph Genesis chapter 41. Let's drop down the verse four, uh, verse 14. I really do believe that you're going to know that the favor of God's on you and that you're walking in wisdom. Praise the Lord. Now we're in Genesis chapter 41, verse 14. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. Now he's in the prison and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon and he shaved, changed his clothing and came to Pharaoh. Well, we can understand changing the clothing, get a shower real quick, put on some fresh deodorant, but what's up with the shaving? Well, understand, the, understand every culture is different. You have to work with that. Paul said, I became all things to all men. Why? The compromise? No, no. He said, so I might win some. 
<laughs> right? You have to be able to cross-pollinate. And that's what gives favor, praise God. Now, in that day and time in Egypt, the Egyptian, the Egyptian men, they, they despised beards. Now, they, they were into goatees. And when you see the ancient statues carved in granite of the pharaohs, and they would have the, you know, the, the goatee, uh, they've got that, you know, like wrapped in gold or something like that. But outside of that, they, they don't have a beard. That's all shaved off. So if you're coming into the chamber of the Pharaoh, you ain't going in there with a beard. Now, Joseph could be like some Christians I know today. Well, I'm not changing my ways. Oh, no, no, no. I know I'm not. This is the way I am. This is how God made me. Yeah. But if you want to have the epic breakthrough of your lifetime and step into your destiny and step into everything else good associated with that, I highly recommend that you get a shave, uh, a Gillette or big shaver. They go, some of them only cost 99 cents and go in there and get some shaving cream. Start shaving. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why? Cause they hated beards. They didn't like beards. So let's not have any, um, let's not have any beard conversations while we're uh, presenting ourselves to Pharaoh. We want to be clean shaven. Now I understand that Jewish culture is different. <laughs> it's totally different with the Hebrews. A badge in many ways of a man's honor was his beard. And by the way, um, with a lot of the stuff that we're having today of some women saying they're actually men, I'm like, well, if you're a man, where's your beard? Well, they don't have one because, you know, unless there's some kind of gen genetic malfunction or hormon hormonal malfunction, it's not there. Praise God. But it is there for the men. Okay. So uh, you've got to work in those areas of culture. It's very, very important. Thank you, Jesus. So for Joseph, get a good shave. And then off you go. Praise the Lord. But we go further. Genesis chapter 46. Look at this. This is the wisdom of Joseph. You need favor and wisdom. Favor and wisdom. Genesis chapter 46, verse 33. This is Joseph talking to his father and everybody that would be in the family. So it shall be when Pharaoh calls you and says, what is your occupation? When Pharaoh calls you and says, hey, what do you do for work? What do you and your sons do for work? Are you gold miners? Are you scientists? What do you fellas do from the land of Canaan? That you shall say, your servant's occupation has been with livestock from our youth, even till now, both we and also our fathers. And Joseph is saying to do this, that you may dwell in the land of Goshen. Remember, you're going, to, you're going into the very best land. He's moving you the Beverly Hills. Don't blow it. Mm -mm -mm. For every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. Joseph knew that. Okay. So if you want to lose favor real quick, go in there smelling like a sheep, go in there with a sheepskin on. It's over before it ever starts. Joseph is saying, look, this is what we we've all done. This is the family work. Okay. We're shep we're, we are shepherds. Now Joseph's not, but he was raised doing that. Okay. But he said, I know what you guys do. You're shepherds. Don't tell Pharaoh that you're shepherds. Because if you do that, 
You're going to lose favor, and he's going to move you to the very best of the land. You're all getting the penthouse suite. It's all fixed up, fully furnished. Don't blow it. <laughs> so the favor is set. So you want to keep that favor. So what? So what does that mean? It means there's some things that you are not required to say. So don't, don't say them. Don't reveal things that you don't need to be revealed, that, that don't need to be revealed. Praise God. And Joseph is saying, well, tell them that, you know, you take care of livestock. You know, you raise camels because they did do a few camels. Tell them that, you know, you're working with cattle because they had a few cattle. Now, the truth is, it's mainly sheep. Okay. But just put the focus on, you know, the cattle, stuff like that. You do that. Everything's good. Mm -hmm. yeah, do, do you see how favor is not? It's a miracle. Uh, sometimes, yeah, it's raw miracle, but other times it's, you're working God's word. In other words, you're doing things that make people happy, not upset them. And you understand them. You're connecting with them, relating with them. And what happens? The doors open. You can speak their language and love is always a universal language. Rudeness <laughs> is always like, let's just close that door. Maybe meet another time. Maybe need, uh, never again. God bless you. Goodbye. <laughs> All right. Woo. Praise God. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. So understand that favor is a fast track for your way forward in your destiny. Praise God. You know, in the early uh, part of my ministry, um, you know, as any young itinerant minister, because I wasn't called the pastor, but I was called into the prophet's office. And, uh, and so that's mainly a, a roving type ministry. In other words, you're going from meeting to meeting to different places. And so for a, a ministry like me, one of the great things that moved me forward was having meetings. But of course, when you start off, the question is, well, how do you get meetings? Well, that's really the hand of God and it, and it's connected to a true calling and, you know, God opening doors, but still you never want to underestimate the power of an endorsement. What is that? That's somebody sh showing favor to you, which does what? Which opens doors and makes it a lot easier for you. So I was visiting my home church. Now I'm a traveling minister, but I had a home church. That's always a good way. You know, you want to have a, a system of accountability. I have that today. I have a pastor. One of the probably, uh, probably the greatest preacher in the world uh, is my pastor. I, I love him. He's, he's literally one in a billion. But my friends, you, you want to accept the help when it's there. So one time I was at my pastor's home church because if I wasn't out preaching, I'm going to be there when they have meetings. So I was there and the service was over and I was kind of hanging out after the service and one of the associate pastors walked by, Pastor Ralphie, and he was very, very anointed. He could easily have started his own ministry, but he was called to serve the pastor. That was his assignment, just like Aaron was called to serve Moses. He, Ralphie, was called to serve my pastor. So um, I came across Ralphie, and he was always one of these real bubbly, happy type guys. And he said, well, Brother Stephen, he said, how's your meetings going? I said, well, they're going good when I have them, but I could use a few more. And I kind of said that kind of like laughing and joking. He goes, oh. And he stopped and he pulls out his cell phone. And he says, uh, he says let's get something to write with. And uh, we'll grab, the, uh, we'll grab something to write with. And uh, he's going to give you the names of 10 
senior pastors. I'm going to give you their personal cell phone numbers. Just call them and tell them, you know me, tell them, you know, Ralphie. I said, okay, I'll do it. So uh, I write them all down. One, two, three, one through 10, write them all down, write their names out, everything like that. I said, all right, Ralphie, I'll call him. He goes, okay. He goes, tell me how it goes. I said, all right. Well, I bumped into Ralphie maybe like 10 days or two weeks later. And I, I saw him and uh, I said, Hey, uh, I said, Hey, Ralphie, I, I called those numbers. Now let me tell you what happened. The first, uh, uh, after he gave me the list, the very next day I called the first one. I think it was like two o'clock in the afternoon. So I called this pastor up. I've never met him before. And by the way, all 10 pastors all had very solid churches. These are good churches. Some of them are quite large and they were all generous giving word knowledgeable churches. So they're, they're the, any, all of them were churches. Any minister would want to speak at. I called the first pastor and he says, hello. I said, hi. Um, I said, this is Stephen Brooks. I have a prophetic ministry. I said, my friend Ralphie suggested that I call you. He said it would be good for me to call you and um, that perhaps we could uh, connect. I could maybe do a meeting for you sometime. He's, and the pastor just responded by saying, when do you want to come? I thought, I thought in my head, I thought it can't be this easy. <laughs> but what I didn't realize was Ralphie was like gold. He was like gold in the eyes of these guys, and they all knew him. And so that brought instant credibility for me. And so I, I booked a meeting. Like I said, well, I, I'm available in two weeks. He said, okay, it's done. And uh, he put me down for like a, a, you know, like a big Sunday night meeting. And I called the second guy. It was the same thing. Called the third guy. Same thing. So out of the 10, I got a hold of seven people, seven uh, senior pastors, and booked meetings with them. And of course, many of those meetings turned into more meetings. <laughs> of course, you know, you form friendships, and then it just, then you, they invite you back, and you just kept on going. And the other three, I, call, I caught up with later because I caught seven. The other three weren't there. I caught them eventually. So I saw Ralphie about, you know, 10, 10 days later or two weeks later. And I said, Hey, Ralphie. He goes, yeah. I said, Hey, I called, I called those pastors and he stopped and he looked shocked. He said, um, he said, you actually called them? I said, yes, of course. He said, what did they say? He, he said, they all hooked me up. He said, I got, I got meetings. He goes, Oh, Stephen. He said, you wouldn't believe how many people I've tried to help in ministry minister, you know, younger ministers, because I was in my 30s, early 30s, younger ministers that want to, you know, maybe move ahead, and I, I would try to help them with connections. They don't even call. He said, are you telling me you called all of them? I said, yeah, I got a hold of every single one of them. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Amen. These things are very, my friends, these things are very, very important. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Mm, 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 mm. You know what? The reason Ralphie tried to help other ministers and some of these other young ministers did not respond was because they had no understanding of how favor works. So first of all, I had favor with Ralphie. Okay, so I give honor to God for that. But Ralphie, he, he liked me and he was willing to do that for me. And it worked out really, really good. My friends, I'm telling you what, that just, that in many ways just started me rolling and it never stopped. There was always somewhere to go, something to do, someplace I could go and minister. Wow. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. What is that favor? It's favor. He opened doors, 10 of them. Those 10 doors created more doors. And that happened because of one person. 
I do think sometimes favor has a time window. Uh, for example, um, within one year, Ralphie was dead. And uh, he always had a weight issue. Would never exercise. He always overate. But he was always so comical and funny. And everybody loved him anyhow. When he died, the church was packed. The church, the church could hold about 2,000 people. When he died, his funeral, there were 10,000 people at the funeral. Mm -mm. Glory. So he packed a whole lot in to his short life. But it's not like if I would have blown that, I could come back later and say, you know, I, I never called those people. Uh, Ralphie, give me their numbers again. Because he's gone now. He's in heaven. <laughs> Woo! So you want to be careful with favor. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You want to protect it. Thank you, Lord. Mm. You, can, you can lose favor. You know, if you go to, if you go to your work and you know, you're on the clock and you just take your phone out and you start, you know, checking, um, text messages or texting and stuff like that, maybe to family or friends while you're on the clock and your boss walks up and he says, Hey, what are you doing? And he actually sees what you're doing. Oh, well, I just, I just thought I'd shoot a few texts off. Okay. Uh, you're not allowed to do that. Remember you're getting, you know, we're not paying you to do that. You're here to work on the clock. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're losing favor. And if he comes back again, you know, you, you see where that's going. So you want to um, protect and guard the favor that you have. Again, favor, favor is something where you walk with the Lord and it causes God to like you. It causes people to like you and do things that make your life easier. You see this right here? This is a brand new iPhone, state of the art, top of the line. My wife has a beautiful iPhone also. Pastor Stephen, that's nice. How'd you get it? A ministry partner who likes me, uh, likes my preaching, likes my silly style or whatever it is that, you know, causes people to watch. She, uh, she's an elderly woman, but she lives in the same state I grew up in. And um, she just, um, she likes my preaching. Every year she buys me a new iPhone. And not, not and she always says, "I don't get the don't get the cheapest version. Get the top of the line. Get the one with the most this and that. Get all the bells and whistles." So every iPhone I've had going back for years now has been because of that dear woman. Why favor? God touched her heart, and there's favor, and I have found favor. And so every year she buys my wife and I a brand new iPhone. As a matter of fact, uh, she paid for my iPad and my Apple Mac. $3,000 notebook, she paid for that too, that I used to write books in, write partner letters in, and do many other things in. That all came from a person who likes Apple, just like I do, who wanted to be a blessing to me personally. Praise God. What is that? That's favor. That's favor. It makes life easier for me. Woo! Praise God. And I like technology. Who doesn't, right? <laughs> I see new levels of favor coming all over you. Mm -mm. New levels where people are going to do things for you. They're going to do things for you that make you smile. Woo. And of course, you know, when I open up that laptop, I think about that sister. When I drive my truck, I think about that brother who contributes personally to me. Yes, he supports the ministry, but also sends something personally to me that goes towards that vehicle. Wow. Praise the Lord. Don't think when I get in the truck, I don't think about that brother. Don't think when I use my iPhone, I don't think about that sister. Praise the Lord. Favor. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Favorable situations 
and conditions. Proverbs chapter 11, take a look at this. Verse 27, he who earnestly seeks good, in other, per, in other words, the person that's trying to do good, trying to serve God, trying to please God, the person who does good finds what? Favor. Finds favor. Now, you need to know that. I want you to be aware of these things so that when it comes, you don't feel maybe nervous or, oh, oh, brother, I've already got enough. No, just receive. Just receive. Let, the, let God be a blessing to you through somebody that you have found favor in their eyes. My wife and I once flew to a certain state, beautiful, beautiful state. We went, landed at, you know, we went to the airport. Uh, they took us to our hotel. We did meetings, had a wonderful time. Just before the meetings were concluded, a lady said, um, she said, Pastor Stephen, I take it that you're flying back the same way you came? I said, yes. She said, so you of course be going to the airport, right? I said, yes. She said, I owned a gift shop in the airport. She said, I'm, I'm the owner. I own the gift shop, everything in it. She said, on your way back while you're at the airport, feel free to go in my gift shop and anything you see that you want, it's on me. I said, anything? She said, anything, anything you see. Okay. Well, the meeting wraps up and they drive us to the airport. Now, I'm thinking in my mind that when I get to the airport, I'm going to go visit that gift shop, and there's going to be maybe cups, maybe mugs, <laughs> pencil holders, or a pen. I visited the state of, <laughs> oh, wow. When Kelly and I walked into that gift shop, I felt like I walked into a, like a metropolitan New York City uh, art museum. Oh, Lord. I mean, there were gifts in there that were a high dollar. Now, here's the thing. I'm never going to ever exploit somebody's kindness, but I am going to receive favor when they're wanting to give it. And I saw a bronze statue in there, not a little old tiny thing that said 999. I, I'm talking something beautiful that anytime anybody has come to my house and they've come to my home office and they've seen my desk and they see that sitting there, I've never had one person yet that hasn't asked me, Where'd you get that from or, or, or comment on it? Because it's a very unusual bronze carving of something that makes me happy every time I look at it. <laughs> I saw that and I thought, well, and I thought, okay, I'm really going to stretch it by walking up to the counter because she wasn't at the store when we went. So there's somebody working. So I, I picked this thing up in this beautiful gift box and, uh, and walk up to the counter with it. And Kelly's looking for something. We all, we all got something. And I walk up to the counter and I sit it on the counter and I said, um, Mrs. So-and-so told me that, uh, she would cover this. She told me to pick out what I wanted. And the person said, yes, she has already informed us of your, uh, your, your coming, your arrival and, uh, just do whatever you need to do. And, uh, I went back, got a few more things, praise God. And those things I still have today. Amen. Kelly still has her thing. Woo. What is that? Favor, favor, favor. Praise God. Doesn't even make any sense. Woo. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. But my friends, let God shower favor upon you again. He who earnestly seeks good. Okay. Finds favor you'll find that people will want to do things for you that make life easier for you. Praise the Lord. And this can really cover a wide spectrum. There is a prophet. He's now in heaven. 
I think many people thought that this prophet was probably the number one prophet on the whole planet. Now, there's a lot of prophets, right? <laughs> I mean, they're all over the world. Thousands in America, thousands in Africa, India, all over the world. But there was one that many leaders pretty much had a consensus that, yes, this old man is probably the greatest prophet walking on the face of the earth right now. And I met him one time briefly at a meeting. But while I was talking to him, just for a couple of minutes at the meeting, his wife walks up and sees her husband and me talking. And uh, I guess she heard me talking or something. And she stopped and she said, oh, she said, what's your name? I said, my name is Stephen Brooks. She said, you remind me of my brother. And I thought, well, I wonder who her brother is. Well, it's just her brother. She said, you re so remind me of my brother. She said, you and your wife must come and spend the day with me and my husband. So the next thing I know, I'm invited to spend the day with her and the man considered the greatest prophet on the face of the earth. And Kelly and I drove to their house and spent a full day where they pampered us and showed us around and talked to us. And the mighty man of God prophesied over me and my wife <laughs> all because I reminded her of her brother. Now, of course, later you see a picture of her, of her brother and you don't even look like the brother. It's like <laughs> this, you know, but it's God. It's God. Maybe it's the mannerisms or voice. I have no idea, but it's just God. And so when God is doing something where you're thinking, why are they doing this? Why are they just go with the flow and let God bless you through uh, the vessel that he is working through to extend favor to you? Ooh, praise God. Hallelujah. Again, verse 27, he who earnestly seeks good finds, finds what? Favor. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It wasn't luck, happenstance, or chance that caused Ruth to find favor with Boaz. No, these things are working by principles. When you seek good, when you seek God and you want to live for the Lord, and you're, and you're also aware of this powerful dynamic duo of favor and wisdom, then these types of things happen. Ruth chapter 2, very quickly. Ruth chapter 2. Praise God. Mm -mm. Let me jump over there real quick. I didn't mark that, but here it is. We're there. Ruth chapter 2 and verse 10. So she, that would be Ruth, fell on her face, bowed down to the ground, and said to him, this is after he's extending kindness to her, and said, why, Ruth said, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should notice me since I'm a foreigner? So she's got all kinds of stuff against her in the sense that she's a foreigner. Uh, nobody really knows her, but she has a reputation. Now look at this. And Boaz answered and said to her, it has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to a people whom you did not know before. And that meant a lot to Boaz and he actually meets her. In other words, she's seeking good and that causes 
God to see that, and it causes God to touch somebody's heart, and that person just happens to be Boaz. And he, whoo, he has the ability to unload some favor. Mm, mm, mm. That's eventually where God will take you. If you walk in this and you honor this system of the Lord, this holy way of working with God, honoring the Lord, then I'm telling you, eventually there is higher levels of favor that are released to you because God's got Boaz rewarders out there that can pour favor out uh, in very, very heavy, heavy ways. Praise the Lord. How do you get into your future? How do you really get into the fullness of what God has for you? Like Joseph did of getting before Pharaoh and then being made governor over the entire land. Well, in a very simple way, I would say that you need people to like you. You don't need people to hate you. Now there can be haters in the sense where people can be jealous, envious, maybe not agree. And they can be verbally nasty or whatever the case might be. But I'm talking about seeking, uh, basically we're talking about seeking good. And therefore, because of that, and those God qualities on your life, it does cause people to like you. Praise the Lord. And we see this in the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. Maybe this could even be the golden scripture. Luke chapter 2 and verse 49. And he said to them, this is Jesus saying to his parents, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom. In other words, there's an increase. It's not staying static. It's dynamic growth in these areas. You can grow in the, what we're talking about today. So he increased in, number one, wisdom. Number two, stature. Because when this is taking place, he's 12 years old, but he's growing in wisdom and stature. Those shoulders are filling out. He's getting strong. He's developing as a man. And he increased in favor with God, God first and man, because God is the source where the favor originates from. So when you do things that cause God to be pleased, which would be obeying his commandments and primarily, primarily following his instructions. When you do that, it makes God happy. He already loves you, right? He loves all of his children. He loves the whole world. But we also, as his children, we want to be obedient. And that is pleasing God. And when God's pleased, it causes a release from his heart. And somebody on the earth, their lives are touched in a way where they want to do something for you that makes your life Better makes your life easier, and you're about to receive something special. Mm -mm. Woo! Praise God. Listen, listen to me. You all, you are literally about to receive favor that will cause your life to be easier. Watch, watch and see. It's going to happen. And when it happens, you will say, "Yes, this has made my life easier." Wow! This is really real. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Praise God. All right. So we can, we can give 
favor. In other words, we can, we can do good and thus find favor. We can give favor. Luke 6:38, give and it will be given unto you. Good measure sh shaken down, pressed together, running over shall men give into your bosom. So we can sow favor. We can reap favor. My wife and I bought groceries for somebody this past week. Pastor Stephen, what did you do that for? Oh, because they were sitting at home and they didn't have any food and we found out about it. And we thought, well, they need to eat. So we bought them some groceries. You can do things that are a blessing. I, I've endorsed many other Christian authors who have come to me and have said, Pastor Stephen, would you give me an endorsement? I have a new book. Well, shoot me the manuscript. Let me read through it. And then I can give you an endorsement. So long as the manuscript is not crazy and, uh, you know, has basic good doctrine. Yeah, I'd be happy to give you an endorsement. And uh, I'm honored to do that. And people have done that for me. Many other ministers have done that for me. An endorsement, I'm telling you, can open doors for you. Praise God. What are some of the keys to, I would say, increasing in favor? Not just experiencing some favor, but I'm talking about increasing in it. Because you can actually increase in this area where it happens more and more and stronger and stronger to you. I would say that one of the keys is attentiveness. When you are talking to somebody, give them your attention. Now, it's times like that you just put your phone away and you don't look at a text and you don't check emails while you're talking to somebody, especially to Pharaoh. Wow. I think a lot of that's been lost in the age in which we're living where it is possible for people on the clock, like I said, to look at their phone and check text or something like that. But if it's not, if it's a non-emergency, that phone needs to be put away and you need to be working. Why? Because if you're, if you're being paid to work, but you're doing something else, such as checking personal emails or scheduling uh, what you're going to be doing after work or something like that, and you're doing it on your phone. It's actually a form of theft. Well, Pastor Stephen, what have I stolen? You've stolen time that you're supposed to be paid to work for somebody else, but you're stealing that time and you're getting paid, but you're doing your own personal stuff. So it's these areas we must tighten up on because when you do good is when you find favor. So tighten it up right now and watch. You will find new expressions of favor. So be attentive. Be attentive. Number, number two, I'd say, is the area of trustworthiness. Trustworthiness. If somebody like a, a superior gives you an instruction, carry the instruction out. And if you come back and maybe you couldn't carry it out, you need to have valid reasons why you were not able to accomplish that task. Like if the, if the foreman or the boss said, look, take the tractor and go out and plow uh, that area of the field. And I need you to have it done in two hours. And you come back in two hours later and you say, well, um, hey, boss, sorry about this. Um, I didn't get it done. How come? Well, I started plowing, I got the first 20 feet done, and then I hit solid limestone. 
So the tractor's not going to work. It's going to break the plow. We need to get a trenching machine in here. Okay, well, that makes sense. No big deal. Okay. But you want to be trustworthy in the sense you do what, you're sa- what you say you're going to do. And what does that do? That builds the third thing, which is a key to increasing in favor, which is credibility. You can build credibility just like you can build credit. How? By paying bills on time and being consistent, you can also build credibility with your, with your life, with your words, with uh, the way that you get things accomplished, praise God. So be a credible person. And number four, I would, uh, and this one is kind of rare, but I would say it's availability. Availability. I talked to a local friend one time, and I actually thought that he was going into a new season in his life. He had had a lot of land development and a lot of construction in his background, and he knew that industry really well, but it's like that season phased out, and uh, he had a lull, and he had a couple of months where he was just looking for a new direction, and he told me he met somebody, and uh, he met just kind of, it was one of those divine meetings. He actually met the person when he was out visiting at the airport one day, and he met a multi-billionaire who had landed with this private jet and they were refueling the jet. And so this multi-billionaire goes inside the, um, you know, like they call it an FBO fixed based operation. He goes in there because there's a break room while they're refueling. He hangs out. Well, my friend bumped into him because he just happened to be out there and the two struck up a conversation and the billionaire uh, now look, they talked for about five minutes and the billionaire said, you know what? You are just the man that I need. And my friend said, well, how so? He said, you have all this experience. And he said, I desperately need somebody to oversee all of these different properties I have. He, he didn't now. He didn't need somebody to run the business. That's what he's doing. That's why he's a multi-billionaire, but all of his assets of land, properties and things like that. He needs somebody with knowledge in that area to travel around and check on them and oversee that they're running uh, and things are being maintained and done right. And this guy was the perfect fit for it. And the, and the billionaire said, I'll pay you a million dollars a year. I need you to start today. And this, this friend of mine, he said, Oh, I don't know if I can start today. He said, I, I need some time to think about this. The man says, this is the only chance you have. This is the only opportunity that I can give you. He said, this is just the way I roll. He said, this is the way I rule my world. He said, I need people that are decisive, people that can be attentive. I need people that can be available. If you're available, the job's yours. I'll pay you a million dollars a year. And my friend fudged on it and kind of like, ah, and he missed it. And he missed it. And he floundered. He floundered for the rest of his life. He was in his 70s. Uh, excuse me, he was in his late 60s when this, when this happened, and he never recovered from it. He never got into purpose or prosperity after that. And it seemed to me, I, when he told me, I thought he had made a big mistake, because it seemed to me that was tailor-made. But he was not available. He's not available. <laughs> Woo! And you're going to have to do that. I've had the calls. I've had the calls that you just got to stop everything. Isn't that what happened to good to the good Samaritan. He was on a journey and he comes across this guy who's been beaten to death just about. And he stops 
and it interrupts his day, interrupts his plans. He's got to take the guy to a, a place where he can get healed up, fixed up, put him in a hotel, pay the bills. The thing is, is that he was on, he was on the way somewhere. He wasn't available, but he made himself available and did the right thing. And I've had uh, times where I'm doing something, I've got uh, things to get done, but God demands me to intercept this, step in on this, because it's a God thing. And so when I do that, what does it release? It releases God's favor towards me. I received a phone call. I won't say when. It was, it was this year. I received a phone call, and the per I didn't answer it because I didn't recognize the number. And I don't, I don't answer calls if I don't recognize the number. Very few people have my number anyhow. I saw a call. I didn't recognize it, so I let it go to voicemail. But I felt as soon as I, I felt I needed to listen to the voicemail quickly, I listened to it, and it was a young man that had tracked down my number from somebody like a past former church member or something like that. He had tracked down the number. He had heard about me and got my number, and he called me, and he just left a real short message and said, Pastor Stephen, please call me. Please call me. I called him back within like a minute. If I had called five minutes later, he would have killed himself. He had a gun to his head. He was about, I called him, he was sitting there in the room with a gun to his head. He was, he was so distraught with what something had just happened to him. He was about to pull the trigger and blow his brains out. I said, I said, put the gun down. I said, let's talk. And I talked with him and talked him down and talked him down and talked him back into a right sta state of mind. And he was a Christian, but he had, he had yielded to the, to the devil, and the devil had really hijacked his mind. But something traumatic had happened that pushed him over the edge, and he couldn't handle it, so he snapped. But I got him recalibrated by the help of God's Holy Spirit, of course. Got him stabilized. And he was like back to normal. And I said, now look. I said, you're stable. You're calm. But what you just about did, I said, was a sin. I said, this must never, ever be an option for you ever again. You have some other options that you could do that could be wrong, but they don't have repercussions like this one. This never again, from this day forward, must never be an option for your life. Of you, like, thinking, well, I'll just go kill myself. He said, and he promised me that he would never do that again. That's off the board. Okay, because I said, look, we all have things that hit us, that life can be tough. But I said, you must never allow yourself to get into this place again where you are, you're right here about to do this. He said, I won't. And I could tell he was restored any minute. And he's stable now, moving forward in the things of God. Praise the Lord. But my friends, you have to be available. Pastor Stephen, I want God's favor. What about when God wants you and God needs you? When you seek good. That's when the favor begins to come. So you can see why favor can be miraculous, but if you want it consistent, you move past the miracle realm and you start walking it where it's consistent and it starts getting on you. Not because of luck or chance, because you're doing the right things and you're also aware of this element of God's blessing, which is favor. Praise God. Praise God. So be aware of that availability is one of the keys to favor. Sometimes, sometimes I have to push because the ministry is a little bit like the restaurant business. You never know when you're going to get swamped. 
Now, you stay open and you serve customers all the time. You're always feeding people. But you don't know when a bus is going to pull up and 50 big college football players are going to walk in and just wipe out your refrigerator and all of your products or whatever the case might be. And you got to replenish, restock, plus get them all fed. So sometimes it's like that in ministry. I get certain phone calls and I've got to, I've got to run to cover this or a big door just opened here. I've got to run to try to get through this door and produce all of these things. Uh, but sometimes you need to do that. But then God will always, once you get that accomplished, He'll always give you that season of blessing and some type of favor that will now come on you. Praise the Lord. So I want you to be believing God for it and looking to walk in a level of favor where that's actually increasing, increasing in your life. Please raise your hands. Father, I pray for your people that are watching that they experience supernatural favor where they receive promotions, where they receive inheritances, where they receive blessings, where they receive incredible opportunities to witness to people at the right time when their hearts are tender. We thank you, Father God, for just incredible favor to be in places that people say, how did you ever get in there to have things occur that there's no logical explanation for? So, Father, we thank you for favor, favor, falling. Let it fall on your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, Joseph walked in favor and wisdom. Now, we're being very mindful of wisdom for the rest of this year. Okay? Merge favor in there with it. Favor and wisdom. Mm-mm. And I see you doing what? Governing. In a place of governing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you're watching today's program, but you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want you to invite him into your heart right now so that you can make your peace with God and walk in the wisdom and the favor of God. Now, if you used to serve the Lord, but you've fallen away, today is your day to come back and rededicate your life to Jesus. Okay? So I want you to also pray this prayer. Let us pray now this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, I yield my life to you completely. Come into my heart. Save me right now. I surrender my life to you. Jesus, wash all of my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. Step into my life and lead me and guide me. From this day forward, in your name I pray, amen. And amen. Woo, praise the Lord. Welcome, welcome into the family of God, the family that walks in wisdom and favor. Praise God. Praise the Lord. My friends, let's take Holy Communion together. I want to encourage you to grab some unleavened bread, grab some, some grape juice. Maybe you've never taken communion before. Maybe you're a new Christian. You can do so right now. Just get a little cracker, get a little cup. Put some, if you don't have grape juice, put some apple juice in there. If you don't have that, put some 7-Up or Dr. Pepper in there. Whatever you have. We're going to pray over it. God will bless it. Heavenly Father, we pray now over the juice and the bread. We ask that you would bless it. We set it apart as being holy. We thank you this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Father, as we receive the Lord's 
flesh. We thank you, Father, for an awareness of your favor that can flow. Father, let it be heavy upon our lives. Let us go about doing good. And we thank you, Father God, that favor will find us. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Let's receive. Amen. The Bible says that he who finds favor with the Lord finds a wife. Amen. So, brethren, if you're single, you want a good wife, walk with the Lord. A good wife is a, an acknowledgment of God's favor upon your life. And I recognize that was one of the first favor blessings of God upon my life. The second favor blessing was when my wife and I were traveling to East Africa from California. That's a long ways. This is a long ways just to get to Europe where you uh, catch your next flight. But I remember thinking, Lord, I believe that you could give us an upgrade. We're in economy class. I said, Lord, I believe you can give us an upgrade to, to first class. At that time, there was no business, at least not on that airline's British Airways. So when I checked in my tickets at the counter, I said, would it be possible? I said, my wife and I have such a long ways to go. Would it be possible to get an upgrade to first class? They said, it's not possible. It's just not available. I said, thank you. And I came back 20 minutes later, asked a different person. I said, is it possible perhaps to get an upgrade to first class? My wife and I have a long flight. And the person looked at me and just thought for a moment and said, do this. Then he responded and said, do this. He said, when the plane begins to board, he said, you and your wife be the last Two, to get on the plane. And just before you get on the plane, I'll let you know. I said, thank you. Well, about one hour later, the plane starts to board. We got on last, right when we're about to walk uh, through the, uh, the gateway to get to the plane, the, kit, the uh, British Airways agent came over and said, congratulations, you're flying first class. And he handed my wife and I two first class tickets. And this was on a 747. So that's kind of funny because you get to go upstairs and sit in the upstairs part. I always like that. But that was another uh, moment when I realized that God could extend favor. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus and awareness through the blood that we have right standing with you. Father, if anybody has sinned against us, we forgive them completely. We release them and we bless them and we move on with you. And Father, let the blood of Jesus cleanse us from all sin. We thank you, even perhaps sinful thoughts, sinful acts or deeds, that all of it be cleansed right now through the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that over this remaining time before the year is out, we will have testimonies of favorable things done for us. Some of them, we thank you, Father, will be literally miraculous. We give you praise for it. There will be no explanation other than the, your favor. Father, help us to acknowledge you. And even the small areas where we pull up to a grocery store, and there's one spot in a packed out parking lot, there's one spot at the front that's available. It's not a handicap. It's a legitimate spot. And we thank you that we can pull in and park there. That is your favor. Let us always acknowledge your favor when it takes place and thank you for it. Father, we give you praise 
And we celebrate the blood of Jesus. In His name we pray. Amen. Let's receive together. Well, praise God. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory. Sometimes the Lord needs you to be available to go and deposit more from an output or from a work that might require you to work till midnight. You might have an opportunity where your employer says, we desperately need a couple of people to work overtime. And you know what? Those are opportunities to be available. And it does what? It causes favor to come to you. My wife and I were in Israel one time. I was on tour with a very famous minister. Uh, he had invited me to come along. He said, Stephen, come along with me and speak on my tour. I said, okay. So we went to Israel, had a lot of fun, a ton of people on the tour. Um, as you know, there are some underground tunnels that are called the rabbi tunnels that go under the Temple Mount area and bring you to a very close location underground from where above the Holy of Holies used to be at. So they say by going underground, that's the closest you can get to where the Shekinah glory used to be at. Well, of course, these run on a very tight schedule, and you have to be there to catch those tours. And I had gone a couple of years earlier, and we were scheduled to go, but because somebody was late, it caused our whole group to miss that tour. So I never got to see it. Okay, so I'll go back a couple years later. Now I'm with this very well-known preacher, and uh, we had some free time, and I'm scheduled to go with the group down to those tunnels. And everybody's there on time. Okay, so I, we thought, well, good. This time everybody's here. We're definitely going to make it. Now, just before, now watch this. Watch how favor works. Just before we were about to go down into those tunnels, and the tour guy was just about to take us, the person that was leading that group said, oh, he spoke to us. He said there, were, there was 50 in this group. There was hundreds on the tour, but, you know, you kind of branch off and do your own thing. Okay, so there's 50 of us in this group, and this leader of the group said, oh, he said, folks, he said, I'm so sorry. I've just been informed that we have two extra people. We have too many people. We need to have two less people and we can't go unless two people are willing to step out. And nobody said anything. There was like a pause for like one second, and you could just see the look on people's faces. I ain't going to miss this for nothing. Because I understand for many people, their mentality is, this is a once-in-a-lifetime trip. I may never come back, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink all I can. So in about, it took about a half second and I, I just lifted my hand. I said, me and Kelly will step out. And we stepped back. And he looked at me. The leader of the group looked at me and said, Stephen, you, you, you're the guest speaker. You don't. I said, no, it's okay. It's okay. And I could, I could feel relief coming over everybody because everybody wanted to go down there to do that. But I stepped out. I made myself available to, buy, to, to surrender and step out. And, of course, now they're all happy because they can all go. <laughs> and, and what happened? I missed it again. So the first time I missed it because somebody didn't show up, made us all late, we missed it. The second time, there's too many, so I, so I, my wife and I stepped out, so they all got missed it again. Oh, Pastor Steve, I feel sorry for you. Don't feel sorry for me. 
I've gone back over and over and over again. And see, the Lord knew that. So I sought good and God released favor. And so I'm going back again. Maybe this time you can go with me <laughs> and we'll try to take those uh, tunnels too. I'm not sure if that's on the itinerary, but maybe we can squeeze it in on our half day off. We'll do something fun. You're going to have a ton of fun anyhow. But all I'm saying is that if you will make yourself available with the Lord sometimes to go further than what would even be normally asked, you'll find strange levels of favor get released. See, Jesus gave the parable, when the soldier requires you to go to mile, go with him the mile. But Jesus said, also go a second mile with him. And under Roman law, during that time, and I know I'm talking a little bit longer, but I, I, I want to get this over to you. I feel this is important. Under Roman law, during the time of Jesus, a Roman soldier could require you, by law, to come help him carry his gear. And you could not go back, or you could not go explain to your job. You had to right then drop everything and go help him, or else they can arrest you right on the spot. So they could require you to carry their stuff. But the legal law requirement was that all you have to do is do it for one mile. And for most people, they'll do it for one mile, drop the stuff, and say, I fulfill my obligation. I don't like you guys, and walk off. But Jesus said, go two miles with them. Why? The first mile works on you, works on your humility. The second mile works on him. Because now he's wondering, now they only have to do one. Why are they doing this? I'm feeling very uncomfortable with this kindness. <laughs> <laughs> what does it do? It starts to create a favorable atmosphere because he's like, hey, this is really, uh, why are you doing this? You're showing favor to him. Why? You want to tell him about God's love, okay, or whatever the case might be. I'm just telling you the Lord knows how to release favor, but I want you to understand where it can have a miracle element. I also want to try to take the mystery out of it and let you see that in many ways also it's not so much uh, like it's a, one, a once rare miracle as it is something that you can, you do. And what you do causes a response from God who causes a response from a person. And the next thing you know, somebody's doing something for you that, you know, it can be, it can move you forward more in one day, in one day, than literally what could have taken you five or 10 years in your own efforts to do. Okay. Father, bless your people with favor and wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And by the way, I hope you can make it to Israel with me also, okay? Please check out the first slider on the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. The entire Israel itinerary is on there. Click that link, download it, take a look at it. Come on. Let's go to Israel together, May 7th through the 17th, 2020. 23. It's going to be incredible. Have a great week. Bye-bye.